Chapter five of the Death of Society A Novel of Tomorrow by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter five. Smith found himself again in his own bedroom. A curious and intolerable nightshirt of old Ingman's lay upon the blue bed cover like a limp, headless ghost. Smith took it up and shut it away in a drawer. The very sight of a nightshirt had always given him a sensation of base ugliness nothing would have induced him to wear one he undressed and when he was naked opened the windows wide and let the air blow upon his bare flesh the mountains were clear in the moonlight and he wished now that he were still up there upon the lonely dovrefield at the uncomfortable ancient inn of jurken under the shadow of snyhatten he very much wished to be up there in the wintry desolation under the silvery moon to-night the clouds were wonderful the sky so dark behind the white mountains that it appeared royal purple below and around him the trees stood deathly black and from their cavernous shades the precipices of the hills rose like the walls of hell toward the moonlit snows it was as light as fairyland up there but down here all lay in the very depth of night he stepped out onto the balcony and felt the wind chill high to the right a long grey streak of falling water hung down the sheer cliff and his faint silver sound echoed clear above the distant roar of the snow-swollen cataract down in the valley which murmured through the darkness muffled by a thousand trees at last he began to feel cold and going in again blew out the flickering candles and sprang naked into bed he shuddered after all it was only a romantic notion which made him wish to be back in the antique kitchen of the jurken inn what a view he had had next morning the officious guide told him it was exceptional but everything was exceptional according to the guide the mildness of the season the absence of fog snyhatten the sky the inn the guide himself who assured smith he had seen an exceptional amount of the war having been blown up and rescued from three distinct coasting vessels employed as mine scouts had rosa ingman he wondered ever sat in that old inn in the chair which so they said charles the eleventh had hallowed with his royal weight did she of nights fly up and dance and skim upon those everlasting snow-fields on the roof of the world or did she glide swiftly with mocking unearthly laughter down those high waterfalls over the dark precipices in the driva gorge perhaps she was merely a tame house-cat who set stray fools like himself wantonly on fire he was pledged to go a walk with her in the morning he was also pledged to decorate that closed summer-house with her daughters the summer-house was to be opened in his honour because natalia wished it hilda viewed him he felt with slight disfavour but even she had been remarkably gracious to him he did not at all dislike the idea of acting the part of dionysius to oblige these young women as to old ingman he vaguely remembered having read one of the old man's books something called the yes and no badly translated from the german of its contents he had not the least recollection he had read nothing of brandes on the other hand so at any rate the old fellow could have nothing to say to him on that score he remembered more clearly a nobody's book about ibsen 
when ibsen was a child he had seen a black poodle dog which was really the devil enter the church opposite his house that was surely the same poodle dog which insinuated itself through faust's keyhole black dogs and scotch pipers warned of death undoubtedly he was falling asleep he wished to think a little longer about rosa ingman so he roused himself and broke his sleep what the devil was rosa ingman was she a fairy was she an incarnation of the grotesque fancy of the world did she go out at night with iron teeth and devour flesh was she freya or fricka was she semele or ganymede was she male or female was she good or bad was she mad or sane would she darken his window to-night as a vampire or come begging of him in a wraith an immortal soul were these her daughters and that old man her husband he lay thinking of her for some long time she was more than a pure picture to delight the eye but what more she roused the imagination down along the centuries this only was certain that whatever might be her nature and her circumstances she was for him firstly a woman free to his mind as a woman in an uninhabited world where he was the only man and he as man with her good will must attain to her entirely and unequivocally definitely he said to himself i must possess her that was clear to him and moreover it seemed unquestionably right that he should do so if he failed to come by her through force of fate he would fail cheerfully because he would have lost to fate in well-fought battle but it would be no fault of his and no cowardice of his if he never asked and received her yes he said she shall be mine she must and will be mine what joy no shadow of denial had yet fallen upon him except perhaps unconsciously from hilda's eyes he had worn his heart too on his sleeve this was a wonderful place this was a new household this was a fairy tale this was in the future god he thought i have never known what it was to be free before and full of happiness he fell asleep until the morning End of chapter 5 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine